Well, well, well. Welcome back <laughs> to the Gentleman's Dojo. Home. Oh, so good to be back. Her name is Noel. Do you remember this tune? <laughs> no, but you were starting to sing well, 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 oh, and well. then it said her, her name, name is, is Noel. Noel. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember no. this tune? Who sings this? No clue. Weedus? Does that ring a bell, guys? <laughs> Does that ring a bell? No. We you know it right here. Weedus. You don't remember this tune? No. You don't remember this? No. I've never heard this song, I don't think. It was big in the 90s. Was Aaron remembers it. You remember it, Aaron? Really? Was this like uh, bowling? This song was big in your 30s. Was this like bowling for soup? She's just preoccupied with 1985. Oh, I remember that remember song. Remember that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Weedus hey. is yeah. the equivalent of you doing stand-up. Okay. Nobody's heard of it. Come on so in. Fun. Come on in. Oh, our guest has arrived. Our guest has arrived. Come on in, my friend. By the way, Steve, we are narrowing in very, very closely, looking fit and trim. We are narrowing in very closely on episode number 100 yes. of our show. Yeah. Very excited about this. So, we're going to give a proper introduction Hi. to this gentleman. Uh, Gary, you're not introducing him. No, please. Why? I used to all the time. <laughs> no, you used Come to on. make fun of me all the time. <laughs> President of Steel Town Toe. <laughs> so this next gentleman is literally, I think, one of the first comics I met after Bobby Lee in Los Angeles. Um, killing it all over town, ran the hottest, to this day, one of the hottest, probably the hottest comedy room I've ever Dublin's. been in. Dublin's back yeah. in the day on Tuesday nights on the Sunset Strip with Jay Davis. Uh, but look, uh, you know, I, we go on and on. I love him. He's one of my best pals. Um, he was a co-star on Sullivan and Son, and he's got an award-winning documentary right now on Netflix called Just Like wow. Us. Gary, wow. don't shit on Why don't you put lipstick on <laughs> A meta man! Jesus Christ. Fuck off, Gary. Yeah. Wow. Must be hitting you up for dates. Yeah. You know oh, what? When all, you, all those dinners paid off. Too bad you couldn't use uh, Steel Town Towing when the show broke down. Just latch that thing up right to the fuck. Hello. <laughs> nothing. 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 Man, wow. thanks for coming in, bud. Thanks for having me. Appreciate thanks for it. having me on episode. What is it? What is it? Number this is 94, 95, something like that. It took, it took that many episodes. For We've me reached go. out to you. I think. Yeah. There were like no. We're supposed to come in a couple times. There yep. was there yep. was yep. Well, there was a couple last minute. Yeah. Can you guys can you come in in like five minutes kind of thing? It wasn't a planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was <laughs> yeah. one time you're supposed. But that's how we usually do it. It's like. The day of, it's like no, hey, no. It's it's. I'm glad you guys are doing it. Gentlemen's dojo, right? Is what you oh, call big it. Fan. How dare you? Big fan. <laughs> the dojo of the gentleman. Okay. No, ser seriously. Thanks for thanks for having me. We had fun on Sullivan and Son. I've known Steve for gosh, t almost 20 years now. 15. Yeah. Wow. Let, let's talk about the doc though, because that's the that's something. Look, everybody's got Netflix. Um, it's something you're extremely proud of. Tell us about not only. Making it, why you made it, which I think is the most important aspect of the film, because it's so relevant these days, but also the journey to get it on Netflix. It's Cause, interesting. Because you filmed it in what year? Yeah, we, so we shot that thing in 2009. 
2009, and here it is, 2017, and yeah. it's on. It just and got on Netflix. It within just got the on last Netflix. two months, right? Three yeah. months, I think. Gary, you want to take a shot? Or well, I mean, listen, I mean, if <laughs> Gary, Netflix is a streaming service. <laughs> Subscribe to. You have to pay for it. Let me write this down. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what a cell phone is? Okay, I just want to make sure you know what a cell phone is. Um, yeah, we made it in 2009. But I, why did you make the film, which I think is so? So I was going to the Middle East quite a bit doing comedy shows for Arabs and for Muslims. And whenever I'd come the back- The enemy is what we The enemy, yeah, to yeah, here. my people. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I used to come back to the comedy store and all these comics would be like lingering in the parking lot and they would be like, oh, hey, you know, where were you for the last month? And I would say I was in the Middle East. And they'd say, oh, which, which USO tour did you do? Or which military base were you performing on or at? And I said, <clears throat> they weren't for the troops, they were for Arabs. And people were shocked that I was- Performing for the enemy. Perform, yeah, performing for the enemy. That's that's the name of a movie. Performing for the enemy. <laughs> Imagine like, but they buy T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they love merch. So, they love merch. Anything. <laughs> Keychains. So, so uh, nobody believed me that that there was comedy going on over there. So I thought, let's just shoot a documentary. And it was after we had done uh, Vince Vaughn's Wild West comedy doc. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got the idea from that. The 30 Days, 30 Nights, we did, uh, well, the original Axis of Evil tour was five countries, 27 shows in like 30 days. What? Yeah. And we did Five like, countries five in countries. 27 days. Kuwait, the, the original Axis of Evil, it was Aaron Cater, Maz Jabrani, this guy, uh, Juan Ho Chung, and myself. Mm-hmm. And we went to Kuwait, uh, Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt. And Dubai and sold like Juan Ho Chung was representing North Korea, I assume. South Korea. South Korea. He, he was. <laughs> okay. he's, a, he's, he's a South Korean who speaks perfect Arabic. Oh wow! Oh, wow! And so we had him on our tour. We're actually talking about doing a reunion tour this year. I don't know you if it's going to happen. Should yeah, I mean that, that's <clears throat> so. Uh, so anyway, he's called randomly screened. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just selected secondary. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, we had done this tour and then we did a follow up tour and in the follow up tour it was uh, Maz again. Whitney Cummings, Angelo Sarukas, uh, Tommy Davidson, Sebastian Maniscalco, wow. Eric Griffin, uh, Omid Jalili out of London. And you filmed with them, right? So, so we filmed that one. Uh, we filmed the other one, too, but it was more of like a doc series that they aired over there in the Middle East. Right. And then uh, this one we filmed, and then we cut it into a 72-minute documentary. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because documentaries, as you know, you're making one. They're very difficult to sell. It's not, there's not a huge market for documentaries unless it's a really hot topic. And I guess at the time it was kind of a un- misunderstood topic. But, <clears throat> you know, we had shot all this footage. We, we submitted it to 30 film festivals and were denied by all mm-hmm. the film festivals. And then we submitted to Tribeca and we were selected. And then after that we got accepted to 30 film festivals. Wow. It's like the hot chick likes you and then all the other hot chicks like you kind of thing. So, and then, and then um, the, the movie just kind of, got lost in the distribution world for a minute. Lionsgate acquired it, and then they passed it off to somebody, then it was on VOD, then it sat on the shelf, and we kind of lost the rights and control of it. For uh, I, I, it was found, though, on the Sullivan and Son tour. <laughs> right, in the trash. Then it, went to, <laughs> then it went to Airbnb. For those of you, for those of you listening, <laughs> we are on tour for 30 days, three years in a row, and all Gary, Gary did. Gary just shit, oh, shit on, on just you, like you a, did it? Can I tell you something? Steve took his the shots, first, too, but you, you did it the most. Oh, my God. The hardest I've laughed, I think, to this day, yeah. is the very first Sullivan and Son tour we yep. did. 
We went to San Diego. Yep. <laughs> we drive to San Diego, okay? Or we take a train. We meet Gareth and Gary down there. Yes. Right. And then the ride back, all of us are exhausted. We're like, we're going to pass out on Because you guys rehearsed earlier in the day for Sullivan and Son. Yeah. It was the day before 4th of July, July the 3rd. That's you guys right, took right. a train down to San Diego. Gareth and I met you down there. We and drove, we drove back, right? Yeah. We all drove back us, that night. We did yeah. the show. We were all beat. Just beat. Everybody was exhausted. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to sleep on this. We laughed. I think so for hard. two and a half, three hours. Right. Tears streaming down my face. Gary <laughs> just shitting on Just Like Us. I mean, just absolutely dumb. And, and I was Ahmed, asleep the, most of the time. I, I would Ahmed wake took up. It. He I'd took wake the up. And then I think in the in the latter rounds, Ahmed woke up and he started tagging you back. I and was so, like Ali. It was like Ali informant. I just woke up. You woke up uh, with the elephant, and I just started tagging. You. I I remember. Cl- I remember we were getting close to Burbank where we were going to drop you guys off. Everybody was burnt out. And all of a sudden, a cop car came flying by us. And I remember saying, 911, what is your emergency? I accidentally ordered <laughs> just like us on pay per view. <laughs> Can you send somebody quick? <laughs> Steve oh describes God. it perfectly. Gary Cannon. <coughs> Gary Cannon is bulletproof. He's it's, the honey I badger. Think, I, who said That's it? What I think he called was him, right? Owen, he's a honey badger. I think Owen Benjamin said it perfectly. It's like punching water. Yeah, you cannot. He can't hurt you. Well, it's almost when when somebody said Owen said something very negative, and he's like, "Are you mad?" And I was like, "I'd be the worst hypocrite ever if I were mad." Yeah, I've yeah. never, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen you mad. Although Owen's comebacks were a little more intense, where he's like, "I hope you go blind and get <laughs> we're like, "Jesus, you know, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, hope you, I hope you get throat cancer." <laughs> yeah, a lot he, of comedy. Yeah, he always there. has dark stuff. So that was, I mean, and that was literally our first time together, really on the road, season one. Yeah, and I just remember, and it just was, not, and I think we all were so tired. We're all like, "Would somebody just shut the fuck up so we can please go to sleep?" And it just wouldn't. It stop. just kept going it and going. I did, I did laugh my ass off. That old tour was funny. We we did three of them. I mean, they were intense too. Those tours. It wasn't. It, look, it was very intense, but it wasn't fun for because I was mother hen. Yeah. Which is like the last thing you want to do, especially as a comic, is to not only get up at five or six in the morning to travel to the next thing, or get the rental car, or make sure the rental car's back, or get everybody to the airport. As a comic, that's tough enough. But then to be in charge of, of three other, friends. four other, mm-hmm. f- five other comics, it's like this is the worst position to be. I've in. I've done it. I Horrible. did it. I did it with Axis of Evil. I did it with Just Like Us. <clears throat> you know, it's not a. You know, you you always have that leadership sort of take charge personality. Is, is anyway. that how, what? What's the time frame on that possible reunion tour for Axis of Evil? Or is that uh, just they reached right out now? to us. Uh, there's a pr- uh, promoter in the Middle East that reached out to us. Um, like December, probably. Yeah, I would love that. That's great. Yeah, it, it'll just be in the Middle East. I mean, I don't know if we'll do a yeah. U.S. reunion, but Middle East. But the reception for the film has been wonderful. Yeah, people so, that have seen it love it. So it's interesting, you know, talking about how it got on Netflix. So I tried to sell that thing for years. I tried to, and and we know Ted Sarandis. Yeah, Ted Sarandis is uh, good friends with Peter Billingsley, who's our mutual friend, and and Vince Vaughn, and he's the CEO of Netflix. And I've hung out with him at parties and barbecues, and he was at Peter Billingsley's wedding and. Yeah, and um, I never really approached him about it because I didn't want to do it that way. I figured, oh, I'll just go through the right sources and whatever. And um, I had moved to New York City last September, and I was sitting at the Greenwich Hotel, just like chilling out. And he came walking in, and he was like, "Hey, is that Ahmed Ahmed? I see in New York City." I looked up, and I was like, "Hey, Ted, what, what are you doing here?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm meeting with Tribeca people." And I was like, "Oh, I just met with them too." And blah blah. blah. Anyway, sit down and. 
we started talking. He said, you're going to love New York and what's new and whatever happened with that documentary you made about comedy in the Middle East. And I was like, well, we were trying to get it on Netflix. I heard you know somebody. And he was like, oh, shit, I forgot. And he like emailed his assistant right there on the spot. And then we sold it a week later. Oh, wow. <clears throat> but that nice. wouldn't happen in Los Angeles. Stuff like that doesn't yeah. happen in L.A. You have to yeah. go to New York. Somebody said something really interesting. You go to New York to build an act, and then you come to L.A. to sell it. Yeah. Which I always thought it was the other way around. You go to, you know, you build it in L.A. because I'm from L.A. And I figured, oh. And then I, and I get to New York. It's not an York. easy place to start, stand-up. Not an easy place. L.A. or New York? L.A. Well, there's, there's not enough, there aren't enough clubs. You know, you go to New York, and Steve can vouch for this. You know, you What's can, an you, act? You, you can get up. I'm sorry? <laughs> an act. What is that? Well, you would never know what an act is. <laughs> you, you know what the word is? <laughs> The definition of act, <laughs> not Gary Cannon. That's... I'm unfamiliar with this cursing. <laughs> What's this curse word you're using? But, uh, you know, I, I had a whole new enlightenment when I got to New York because the comics there don't seem to get caught up in the politics and the, the BS and, like, they're just there to write and work and go from club to club. Whereas L.A., you do your spot and then you linger. It's like you linger. You do a spot at the improv, then you sit at the bar and linger. You do a spot at the comedy store, you sit on the patio of the parking lot and you linger. You know, you go to the Laugh Factory, you go upstairs, you linger. You, people are just lingering and looking at each other and back talking and that guy's not funny. And there's just a lot of, you know, and I'd never felt it until a couple of years ago. I'd never, ever actually felt it until recently. And then it all started to kind of become very clear for me. Um, so I'm digging the New York comedy scene, and I think it just seems to have a lot more, you know, traction when it comes to being able to get up every night, yeah, seven nights a week, you know, multiple uh, sets a night. What what did you do? Thirteen in one night? Thirteen in one night? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's insane. You can do thirteen sets in New York City in one night. Yeah, you can never do that in LA. No, no, because the traffic would kill you. <laughs> it would. I mean, yeah. you right. just couldn't. You couldn't make it. Well, I mean, well no, but there aren't enough. I mean, there aren't enough. Yeah. Once I, mean, I did t- uh, two sets at the Yoohoo Room one weekend. Did you really? At Flappers, yeah. You do sets? Yeah. Oh. I brought I- in almost $14. <laughs> oh, so wait, so so you do stand-up? Yeah, I'm a stand-up. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were just a podcast. Check out my website, paulapoundstone.net. <laughs> but you're right. I, I, I've, heard, I've heard Bert Kreischer <laughs> say <net>. that, say <laughs> that New, New York made him a comic. L.A. helped with his writing, but New York helped with the stand-up. Bert Kreischer said that. And I think a lot of comments. Yeah. Bert didn't feel comfortable <clears throat> taking off his shirt till he reached L.A. <laughs> <laughs> it was L.A. that really yeah. transformed the shirt takeoff. <laughs> no, New York, Stop I think, back. is where you go to grind it out. And you're, you're there performing nightly on a show with other grinders. Yeah, I mean, it's every night. Dave Attell, Godfrey, you know, Louis C.K. will pop in. You know, Chris Rock, like any. It's but so here random. you're a factory guy, or you're a store guy, or you're an improv oh, guy. Oh, they have dissected the politics and the comedy clubs so like drastically lately. It's it's kind of gross to be around. Like yeah. I, you know, when we were first starting at the comedy store, you can kind of have free range and bounce around. But now it's it's gotten back to that. You're like you said, either store, improv, yeah, or factory. And uh, it's interesting because <clears throat> some of these clubs, you know, I won't name names, but. Uh, They've gotten so, like, uh, adamant about, are you on TV or not? Mm-hmm. And if you're on TV or if you're selling out theaters or have three specials, then you get the stage time. And in New York, that doesn't really hold true. It's just funny's funny. Yeah, but, but like, especially those clubs, like, like the Cellar, for example, 
Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I mean, there's guys that haven't had a TV credit, and I'm going to look at you, Gary, when I say this, haven't had a TV credit <laughs> in a while, but they're Forever. still like just fucking rock solid and relevant like, comics. You know Nick Griffin? Yeah, he's fantastic. Literally yeah. one of the best comics. I, that in the guy York, doesn't have any. I don't think he has any TV credits. He or used lately. to do Letterman all Not, the time. All the time. But yeah. I saw him at the when I was in New York recently. <clears throat> I used I was watching him at the Cellar in the Village Underground, handful of times. Always had new shit. Yeah. And just one of the strongest comics I think I've ever seen. Like a one Todd Barry, maybe one yeah. of the best working comics. Sure. That the industry does not give a shit about. And as a comic, comics look up to him. By the way, also a great boxer. Is he really? Yeah. I would have never guessed that. But Nick Griffin? Funny. I saw yeah. him on the streets right? of New York. I was walking. I was with Henry yeah. Phillips. We're walking down the street. And Nick is, uh, you know, black eye hair, busted up chin. And, and yeah. we're like, wow, is he? And I'm like, well, I know he doesn't drink. So is he like into some S&M shit? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> and then so that's good to hear about the boxing. I had yeah. no idea. He's the nicest guy, too. He, did, he, does, he does a great job. I remember seeing him on TV doing this great opening joke. You could see why Letterman loved him. He said when he turned 18, his parents, he opened up a, a gift from them, and on his 18th birthday, they got him a U-Haul gift card. Uh, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> such, a, such a brilliant, so you know. Yeah. But he's just a guy, joke, 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 like joke, joke, Brian joke, yeah. Kiley kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. I mean, do you do you miss living in LA at all? I mean, I know yeah, that you're coming I mean, back I mean, and forth I, a little bit. I'm going. I've been going back and forth, but trying to stay in New York. You know, I I grew up here. I grew up in Riverside, California. I moved to LA when I was 19. I've been here 20 plus years. <clears throat> you know, all my family and, and great friends are here, and and I love the weather, obviously. And you know, we've I've been accustomed to the West Side recently, and love the you know West Side's the best side. Well, you had this great great deal for a long time. I mean, you were living the Venice House yeah. next to the real world Los Angeles right. House for a couple <laughs> years. I mean, literally, there's this monstrosity of a mansion, right? And then and you my have little other... beach shack. <laughs> and you had I this stayed there longer like, than I should have. Oh my it. goodness, you had this great spot. You mm -hmm. were on a walk street. Didn't even mm -hmm. take off your shoes to go to the beach. No, I was right there. That you were living at for years. Yeah, a couple years I was there. You mm -hmm. had great parking. Yep. I, it was amazing. Wow, that you yeah. sold it on the parking. Just hearing that great parking. <laughs> well, it, was, it was right there, <clears throat> right there by the Venice Pier. So Washington and Pacific, oh, right. where it's really busy. Okay. It was fun for the time. I wouldn't do it again. It was just sort of a stage. just a time in your life that. Yeah, you, I wouldn't do right. it again. There's just too many like it's just too transient and too many bums now, and it's just. Well, I do want to ask you this because you are, you're Egyptian, and with all the talk about diversity in Hollywood, and especially as a stand-up comedian, what is your perception as, I, I guess, an outsider in Hollywood? Because there's so few, there's so few roles for, you know, anybody from the Middle East. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get pigeonholed into these, you know, a cab driver or deli owner, mm -hmm. you know, typically, right? Um, but what is your perception when people are preaching about diversity or the need for more diversity when because I know you did you've done pieces in entertainment weekly mm. uh, CNN CNN you, you've contributed so what is your take on diversity and how how has being Egyptian been a benefit in the world of stand-up and how is it a detriment <clears throat> Wow it's a loaded question well when I first started doing stand-up I always talked about being from the Middle East and then I remember comics would come up to me and say, man, you, you shouldn't talk about that. There's nothing funny about that. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to Mitzi Shore. This is before 9-11. This is before 9-11. And then I remember going to Mitzi Shore, who passed me at the comedy store, and I said, and I wasn't sure because I was getting like wrong advice from comics I shouldn't have been listening to. Mm -hmm. And they, they kept like Gary Cannon. And, <laughs> and, and, and um, 
don't talk about being from the Middle East. There's nothing funny about that. You're you're a comedian. You have to talk about regular stuff. And I'm like, for me, that is regular. Like that's right. my life. And um, so I went to Mitzi Shore one time, <clears throat> and I said, Mitzi, you know, I'm getting all this weird advice from comics telling me not to talk about being from the Middle East because her whole jam was talk about it. That's why I yeah. hired you. And she said, <coughs> don't listen to those idiots. Just do your thing. Don't listen to those knuckleheads. Talk about being from the Middle East. That's my Mitzi Shore impression. <laughs> but, uh, and so I just kind of listened to her, and her whole thing was just rise above it. Don't listen to these haters and just do your shit. And By the way, I, I want to say fuck you, Caliendo. Listen, yeah. this guy take a victory lap. Yeah, Holy yeah, shit. yeah. You ever do voiceover work? <laughs> <laughs> I smell money. I smell money. <laughs> so, uh, so that was it. I just started talking about that impression it. was Paulie Shore. <laughs> <laughs> they do sound similar. They do. <laughs> uh, and then I just started. I just kind of stuck to my guns. And then nine eleven happened. Yeah. And then um, Mitzi had started the sh- this show with Maz Jabrani, Sam Tripoli, Aaron Cater, and myself. It's a hairy show. It's a very hairy show uh, called The Arabian Nights. That's That was the original title. And then um, because Maz is on the show, we were getting complaints from Iranians. They would like email him and say, we love the show, but uh, you're, you're Iranian. You're not Arab. You need to change the name. You know, we had our own empire. We are Persian. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, the empire is dead. Um, Signed Frank. Yeah, I, <laughs> right. I, I saw three hundred. It's yeah. <laughs> so uh, so Maz came to us and he's like, hey man, I'm getting a lot of complaints from from Persians that you know we're calling the show Arabian Nights and I'm not Arab. And I was like, oh, well, I don't give a shit. Let's change the name. Yeah. And right around the time, President Bush was in office and had coined the phrase "axis of evil." Mm-hmm. So we took that and added comedy tour on the end, and that's how oh, the wow. ax- that's how the axis of evil comedy tour Perfect. launched. But and um, then that aired on Comedy Central. So then, yes, we aired on Comedy Central, and we got a little bit of you know credibility off of that. We did a little tour off of that, and then we went to the Middle East. And I got to tell you, the funniest, like one of the things I'd never seen this, but before, but. As they're entering the stage, they had to go through security. Oh yeah, which I thought was <clears throat> they fucking had a me- genius. They had a metal detector and Lonnie Love, right? Lonnie Love was was the, wanding you yeah. guys down, that and that's so, so they'd introduce the next guy, and he'd come, and he'd have that's to go right. through the metal that's detector, right. which so is funny. fucking hilarious. And everybody had like I don't know. Aaron had like a toothbrush in his hand, and she like grabbed my butt, and I can't remember what she did with Moz, but. Yeah, that was fun. That was a cool little shtick we did. Is and the then, Korean guy still doing? I haven't seen him perform. Is he do? So he lives in Dubai. He's based okay. out of Dubai. He wasn't a comic when we when we found him, and then we took him on tour, and he become he like became a comic on tour. That's incredible. But since then, he he became a big star in the Middle East. Yeah. The guy does like corporate events, and he's like a millionaire now. It's weird, and he's the one who actually kind of inspired us uh, to do an Access of Evil reunion tour. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but getting back to the material. You know, once 9-11 happened, then there was this big spotlight and magnifying glass on anything Arab or Muslim. Yeah. So then we were like kind of stuck in this sort of crossfire. Like, what do we, how do we talk about it and be sensitive about it? It was a very sensitive topic at the time. Nobody wanted to listen to the Arab or Muslim voice. Right. <clears throat> and remember, this is 2002, whenever mm-hmm. 9-11 happened. And then um, slowly but surely, this, the jokes became more self-deprecating and we were just kind of taking taking the bullet you know uh, figuratively and, and laughing at ourselves and then that just kind of spawned into material you know yeah <clears throat> and then you know as far as hollywood's concerned you know it's really weird because it's it's a sort of catch-22 like right now you know arabs were like the new black you know yeah. we're now we're getting this sort of 
I was in this docu- a documentary series called Secret Life of Muslims, mm-hmm. which just got nominated for an Emmy, which I never would have gathered because or, or, or predicted because I never thought that the voice <clears throat> was was relevant enough. You know, now that Donald Trump's in office and he's Fair. doing all this yeah. anti-Muslim oh, stuff, yeah. everybody everybody's like holding hands, you know, for this roller coaster ride. And then so suddenly the Muslim voice is like. People want to hear it. They want to hear what's going but on. But I think the Muslim ban happened after he saw Just Like Us. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. I got to ask you this before we wrap up because we, we do have, uh, I think, two more minutes here. Um, what are you doing now? Because I think last time we talked, there's a sequel to Just Like Us in the works. Is that correct? We shot it. Well, the first one is Dubai, Lebanon, Egypt, Saudi. The sequel that I shot is Syria, Jordan, Palestine, Oman, and Qatar. But we don't have a movie there. Right. It's just like, so I don't know what we're going to do with the footage. We might just stream it online. It's just kind of sitting in storage right now. Okay. Um, so as far as that's concerned, I'm just, you know, kind of just sitting on that for now and then just trying to develop other stuff. You know how it goes. You're yeah. just trying to get, you know, the, going back to that diversity thing, being on Sullivan and Son mm-hmm. was the perfect job for me because I got to work with my friends. I got to play a non-stereotypical character. Uh, had a parking spot with my name on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, dressing room with a shower. Like, that was the best gig ever. Go to the gym, hang out with your friends, laugh all day, listen to Christine Ebersol, sing and laugh. Like, literally the best job I think I've ever had on Same, yeah. as an actor. And so I thank you for that. Oh, please. Steve calls me up one day. Hey, I wrote you a part in my TV show. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> mm. And, you know, it all happened. But, uh, you know, right now I'm just uh, just trying to hustle, the, you know, the road stuff and, and developing some stuff. I'm going to China, actually. That's great. For for They have this kung fu comedy tour, and I'm a little nervous to go to China because it's so overpopulated and polluted, and I just, I'm claustrophobic. You've been to China. It's, it's great, yeah. yeah. You will have a great time, yeah. So that, <clears throat> so um, I have I to think laugh. You'll, you'll see what they want you to see in China. That's the feeling. Exactly, I've only been yeah. there once, so you're not going to see the gnarly, gnarly. I what think. do you mean? Well, I mean you're a for, you're a foreigner to them, and they right. just they don't want they need image. So they're gonna uh. they're, they're gonna be like, oh, this is this is no, you're seeing everything. And it's like, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not going to show you everything. So you're fine. By the way, I want to say two things as we wrap up. When we started doing the tour, when we started going on the road. I really didn't know any of you guys very well. Yeah. Ahmed immediately took me under his wing. I we would go out. Guy. We would go out. He took care of everything. Well, because nobody wanted to hang out with that you. That is true. Uh, <laughs> that's, but, how, that's how I, I, I viewed L.A. And then Ahmed was like, hey, I'll introduce you to people, and took us out. And then next thing I know, I, I found the greatest wingman my first few years. You know what's so funny? Out. And just one last thing. Most of the comics that I did that with early on, I don't even talk to anymore. It's crazy. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And, but and that's secondly, I, you were talking about Ahmed getting wanded in by Lonnie Love, the yeah. security. I will remember we went to Philly. We were trying to walk into the theater, and there was a poster of all four of your pictures yeah. out in front of the theater, and the guy who was working the door still wanted to wand you and, oh, yeah. and wouldn't let you guys I, in. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that, and you were getting so mad, and you're like, that's us on the poster. He's like, everybody goes through security, and you're like, F you, and you went around the back. Like, just I remember they were in, just yeah. dicks to I remember us. that, yeah. It's so that funny. That sucked, but... Uh, Look, we cannot. We, we could literally. We got to have you back. I'll come back because we could spend hours, hours talking to you yeah. honestly about all the things we've been through and all the great memories. Because you're listening to all these memories from Sullivan. But listen, where can everybody find you online? Uh, my website's ahmedahmed.com. My Twitter and Instagram is at Ahmed Comedy. Uh, I use Snapchat a little bit. Ahmedica2015. Yep. Ahmedica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and go to Netflix right now. Put it in your queue. Put it in your list. Watch it tonight. 
just like us. It's an amazing documentary, and there's a ton of comics in there that you'll recognize. Ahmed Ahmed, one of my favorite human beings in the world. I Thanks, love you. Brother. Thanks love for you joining too, us. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Keen, they can find you at? Citizen Keen. At? Cannon Comedy. Come on. <laughs> at Steve Byrne Live. Thanks for listening to the Dojo.